Hello and welcome to episode 23 of series 3 of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from The Big Picture People. As I mentioned on the last episode, we're now moving towards the end of the year and the end of this series of the podcast, end of series three. We have two more episodes after today's episode. So on the 6th of December, I have an interview with Douglas Spencer from Spencer Brenneman. uh, Douglas is going to be telling us all about the relationship between internal communications and branding. This is a topic we've covered before on the show, the the fact that, that we need to make sure that our branding, external branding, marketing is lined, aligned up with our internal comms so we're actually delivering on those promises that we're making and Douglas is going to be telling us all about that and then the final episode of this series and the final episode of 2022 is an interview with Sarah Turton so Sarah is from an organization called Civica and Sarah has a massive amount of experience in internal comms and she's going to be telling us all about the challenges and opportunities and pleasures and delights of leading an internal comms function Many, many of our listeners would either be in that role themselves or aspiring to lead an internal comms function. Sarah's going to be sharing all of her experience that she's got over her career about what what she's learned from her journey through internal comms uh, and where she is now, is, which is leading an internal comms function in a large organisation. And as I said, that will bring us to the end of Series 3 and we're going to carry straight on into the new year. With no break. Uh, two weeks will be obviously the natural break over the Christmas holiday period, uh, but there are no extended break just a normal two-week period and then we'll be straight into series four which i'll tell you all about on the next show so uh that's everything for upcoming episodes uh just a couple of other quick things to mention um another one of our free events coming up on the 15th of december this is geared towards internal communicators who are looking to help their leaders to share the organization's big picture the vision the values all of the things that we uh, sometimes struggle to get everyone to to, to understand and listen to about the, the strategic way we're moving forward and how all of these things fit together. So we're going to be sharing a free webinar with you on the 15th of December called Helping Employees to Understand Your Organization's Big Picture. Um, you can uh, It's free to join. It's a, As I say, it's a webinar. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 3 p.m. That's UK time. So if you're in different time zones, you'll just need to bear that in mind. But if you go to our website, thebigpicturepeople.co.uk, go to our events. Uh, it's the first event listed or the first set of events there. There's multiple dates, but the, the 15th of December is on there. And uh, the registration system will take into account your time zone. So it'll tell you what time zone that will be for your local time zone if you're not in the UK or in UK time zone itself. As I say, totally free and uh, be great if you can join. It's always really popular. It's a very popular webinar. We always get lots of people coming along to that and some really good feedback. Um, I think that's everything that I wanted to mention about things going forward. The one final thing I did want to just mention about today's interview before we go into it. Um, this was an interview that I recorded on the day that I came down or found out that I was COVID positive. Um, I wasn't feeling brilliant at the time, but I wasn't as anywhere near as ill as I got over the next few days. Um, however, it did mean that I could not uh, access my normal recording equipment. So I recorded this through uh, my AirPods, uh, my my uh, Bluetooth AirPods. So um, whilst my interviewee's audio quality is fantastic, mine is 
a little bit tinny, not up to the usual standard, but I, I've tr- I've listened to it back and it, it's I think it's still listenable. So it shouldn't be too annoying, hopefully. But uh, as I said, uh, hopefully you understand the reasons for that. Anyway, I'll shut up now and move into the interview. Thanks very much. Internal communications and employee engagement have often shared a very close relationship with learning and development. Learning development is another area of the business which is often driven towards helping people to change behaviours, to build capabilities and to be able to do things differently that we need to do in the future. And obviously that has a strong overlap with internal communications and to a certain extent employee engagement as well. So what I wanted to do was explore that relationship in more detail and not just from a theoretical perspective but from very much from a practical perspective. How are internal communications teams working with learning and development teams? What are some of the shared objectives that they have? What sort of partnership opportunities exist? And also what sort of role does internal engagement, uh, sorry, internal communications play in developing uh, capability within the organization in terms of supporting capability development and transformational change within the organization that is often what learning and development are trying to achieve as well. So that's what we're going to be looking at in the interview today. As I said, not from a theoretical perspective, but very much from a practical, pragmatic perspective, speaking to a practitioner who's worked in internal communications for a number of years but also has practical experiences of working with learning and development to create those partnerships. Another element of this interview is is something we've had as a recurring theme throughout other episodes of the podcast, which is the, the role that internal communicators have in developing their own career. Often uh, that is something that they have to shape for themselves and they have to find opportunities and development opportunities themselves. And again, there's a lot of overlap there with a way that a lot of learning and development is being done within other organizations at the moment. So that's what we're going to be looking at in today's interview. How do we connect internal communications and learning and development within our organization? My guest today is Emma Tucker. Emma is head of internal communications at Temenos, where her job is to ensure that 7,500 employees are informed, motivated, and inspired by the work that they do for the banking industry. Emma is a seasoned practitioner who takes pride in providing clear and employee-focused communications. Emma has worked on a range of projects covering brand strategy, change management, channel development, corporate responsibility programs, and many more. Emma is passionate about internal communications and its ability to add value to the organization. So good morning, Emma. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Craig. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. And just before we uh, before we continue, I'm just going to mention that I've just tested positive for COVID this morning. And A, that means I'm, uh, my, I'm a little bit fuzzy-headed, although I feel fine. But also, um, I'm recording this in a slightly different way. So hopefully, the sound quality is uh, is up to our usual standards. But anyway, so thank you, Emma. Well, just, just for our, uh, our listeners, just whereabouts in the world are you now? So we can position you, please. I'm so I'm based in the UK. I live in Hertford in Hertfordshire. So I'm um, doing this from home, as has become the norm um, since <laughs> since COVID. Um, and I, I hope you, I hope you don't have too bad a time of it, Craig. Thank you. No, that's that's fine. Thank you. Thank you, Emma. So anyway, tell us a little bit about. I've been mentioned Temenos, and it's probably a name that um, not everybody listening will be familiar with. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the business? your current role there and then we're going to talk a little bit about your career in IC which is uh, 
which you've got a lot, as I said in the introduction, got a lot of experience. Yeah, sure. So Terminos is a banking um, software company, and um, we've been in business for 29 years now. And we work with banks kind of all over the world, um, from great big banks that, you know, most people will have heard of and that will bank with themselves, um, to really small kind of niche players. Um, I think probably are if you, I guess most well known at the moment is like PayPal. We do a lot of work mm. with them, um, okay. but we also work with like credit unions in in the United States. Really, anywhere that there's a bank, you can probably find some connection with with Terminus. And we're really, I think that what's exciting about the company is that. Um, banking is constantly changing and software is really changing and those two industries together we really kind of see ourselves at that that kind of sweet spot of really helping that helping the banking industry to kind of really embrace um technology and and move forward so that they can you know give a better service to to their customers really so it's a it's a challenging and interesting um sector to work in Mm, excellent. And you, I said seven and a half thousand employees. Uh, what sort of what's the spread geographically in terms of the types of roles they do, and what are what are some of the communication challenges that you have? Yeah, we're we're hugely spread all around the world, actually. So our biggest employee base is in India. So that's about five thousand of our seven and a half thousand employees are based there, um, and that's predominantly where our kind of product development work um, takes place Um, Mm. and then we then kind of work on a kind of regional model um, to really stay close to where um, the clients are so in the regions it's more based around our kind of sales teams our delivery teams and then um, obviously we have a sort of corporate um, central function as well Um, I think from a comms point of view our challenges are, I guess, fairly common in that there's lots of things going on in the business. There's lots of competing priorities and voices and information to share with people. And it's really trying to to kind of help connect the dots, make sense of what's going on, really keep people aligned to where we're going as a business. We're going through quite a lot of change and I think like all organizations, change can feel um, quite constant. It it, it is in reality. Um, So it's really just about making sure that people are clear on on the priorities. And I think that that can be a challenge when you're talking to a global organization who've each got different kind of local priorities as well as what they share at an international level. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Very good. So um, we're going to be talking about the relationship between internal communications and learning and development and the, the you know, the sort of the, 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 the as I was saying, I think we, we spoke of, of a couple of weeks ago when we, we prepared the interview was, was that, you know, my experience is that we, we often get contacted by, you know, from my business, so we get contacted by internal communications people, but also L&D, we often get involved with partnerships between internal comms and R&D. So we're going to explore that in a bit more detail and how that partnership works. But just before we do that, I'm interested in your own career background, because obviously there's been a, a lot of learning and development taking part, part in that. Do you want to just, just give us a little bit of a, a very brief run through, you know, some of your own career highlights, some of the, you know, the key moments for you from in terms of building your experience. And I guess 
what the balance was between kind of formal training versus you know kind of on the job picking it up you know experience just 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 being involved in really you know kind of pivotal projects that sort of thing so lot sorry there's a lot of lot to lot to talk about there, that's all right no we can, of, we can um, <laughs> yeah unpick yeah. it so, as uh, we go maybe yeah absolutely yeah so 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 tell us a little bit about you know to, some of the moments in your key moments in your career and also you know how you've kind of learned to to, to do what you you're able to do now sure well i think for me like from a really early age I always had it in mind that I wanted to do something that made a difference and I kind of I didn't really know what I meant by that um but I kind of I was inspired by people who really kind of cared about what they did and this probably um says something about my age but the I always remember the Bob Geldof band-aid feed mm. the world campaign and um that really struck a chord with me because it was really clear on, you know, helping people, you know, the starving people out there in the world and we've got a responsibility to do something about it. And so I, I always imagined that I would probably work in, I don't know, like international development or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I studied politics at university and I think that spoke to my kind of need to understand the kind of the big picture and why mm. people do the things they do. Um, and I think that that has kind of that and I can I can explain it a bit more if you like. But I think that kind of need to connect to something bigger probably speaks to what I love about internal communications. And mm. I think like most people, I kind of I sort of I fell into it rather than than chose it. I'd, I'd finished university and I started um, working for a couple of charities um, in marketing and communication roles, which I, you know, I didn't really know what they would entail. But I think they they were about really about telling stories, telling the story of the charity to the people out there that we were looking to kind of, you know, um, donations to but also yeah. explaining to the people who were beneficiaries of the charity you know what the charity was doing to help them and and it, it was really storytelling and I think that that's what suddenly kind of was like okay I really you know I really like this um, and then I, I I did that for a couple of years and then I, I took myself traveling um, for a year and again, I think through that, I learned lots about myself and other people. Um, and then when I when I came back to London, I started working at BNP Paribas, the bank. Um, and I had I had no interest in banking, if I'm honest. Um, mm. I didn't know anything about it. Um, didn't it was just a job, really? If I'm if I'm being brutally honest, but I really quickly found that I liked it. I worked with really great people it was really interesting the bank was involved in so many different things and a sort of couple of years into my to my job there I I got the opportunity to apply to the corporate communications team um, for a job in internal communications even though that I, I had no idea what internal communications was at that point <laughs> um, but I but I spoke to people and I looked into it and obviously I applied and I thought actually this is this could be really interesting because it kind of spoke about purpose and impact and connection and I think it, it sang to to that need in me to kind of be part of something bigger and to, to influence mm. something and um, 
and it really was that it was you know incredibly fast paced really varied really interesting and and actually banking was pretty interesting too and again full of lots of people doing interesting work who were passionate about what they were doing um and it was telling their stories that i think i've always um you know enjoyed doing um and i stayed at bnp paribas for, for 12 years i did kind of different roles in mm. that time both in the sort of uk um comms team but i also spent some time in paris um as well um and it was yeah i did like a really varied range of projects loads of things around diversity and inclusion mm. around compliance um, lots of engagement things. The bank is a big sponsor of tennis and the arts, so we did lots of employee mm. engagement things around there, which were really, really good fun. Um, and then I, I, I kind of came to a sort of natural end at the bank. I'd been there, like I say, for twelve years, and I knew I had to to kind of branch out, do something different. Um, and so I saw the opportunity at Temenos and I thought, well, hang on, this is this is good because this is related to banking, which is what I do. Mm. But it's all about digital. And in the bank, that was what everybody was talking about. How do we, you know, how do we really transform what we're doing digitally to, to kind of provide a better service for, for customers? And so I thought, hey, you know, this this could be really interesting. And they didn't have a kind of fully functioning IC team at the time. so. I was able to kind of go in and, and, and set that up and right. I've been there for four and a half years now. And in that time, I've, I think um, I've bought some, some standards, some structure, um, and also a lot of support to the business to help them communicate where, you know, and, and there's a bit of consistency really, because I think yeah. that's what companies struggle with is like, how do we, how do we make sense of all this stuff ourselves? And then how do we tell, tell that to, to, to the people in the company that need to know about it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So and lots yeah, of learning on the job, I guess. Um, yeah. It's, it's and that's really true. Yeah, yeah, that was what I was going to say because I think it, you know what I've picked up from what you've just been saying there, and this is kind of what we're going to go on to talk about is that there's this. Um, I used to work for a company that, that had a really, really, I, I think one of the best sort of models that I've come across in not only being you know in my corporate life but also external as well for in terms of what a good career should be built around, and you know the some of that was around. Um, you know, just just what you would call traditional learning and development, but a lot of that was what they called like critical experiences, which was all of that being involved in you know transformational opportunities or projects to really kind of cut your teeth on you know really complex, multi-dimensional uh, sort of things. And I think that's one of the great things about internal communications is it, you know there's that often that ability in, in, in where where you have that strategic role in IC anyway to be able to you know, be able to shape that and to really craft what is a key part of any change program, which is obviously the communications around it. So it sounds like you've had lots of those opportunities. And and have you had, you know, because a lot, Eddie, kind of, I know you, when we talked about this, when we spoke originally, and I know there's institution like the Institute of Internal Communications is offering now some great programs for personal development. But what's the, you know, what's the balance of, what you've picked up by doing the job versus formal training that you've had, you know, just as a sort of rough idea. Yeah. I mean, I think, 
certainly, you know, very early in, early on in my internal comms career, I had a I had a great um, manager and mentor who mm. who really taught me the importance of thinking strategically. Um, mm. I also went on um, courses like the Melcrum Black Belt with Suju Hurst, which was invaluable, such good mm. training, and a shame that that doesn't exist anymore in my view. Mm. Um, because that really gave me lots of frameworks and um, ways of doing things to kind of really structure um, the communications that I was crafting. And I think that that's often what people can struggle with is, mm. you know, communication is a, is a bit messy. It's about people. It's it, it's It can be quite intangible at times. And I think bringing a bit of... Um, structure and rigor to it um, helps people to take it more seriously because you do have to take it seriously it does mm, need to be mm. thought through fully if you're going to do it properly um, but yeah mm. I think I've always I think a mixture of um, structured training and learning on the job I've always and I don't know whether this is you know being fortunate to work for companies who really embrace new ideas and if you want to put your hand up and say I've got a good idea or an idea for a project that I think would be really good. And they they say, yeah, great, off you go and do it. Um, and I think it's a, a bit of that. Plus, mm. you know, I'm always looking for something else, something more to do. So mm. I'll always find another project um, to work on or a gap that needs filling. Um, so I think a combination of both my kind of eagerness to keep learning keep growing keep doing things plus um plus the kind of appetite from the organizations to 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 allow you to do that as well i think is, is a bit of both but yeah more mm. recently i've done training with the ioic i did the masters in internal communications last year which um which i would highly recommend to yeah. anybody in internal communications like it's in in like an incredible eye opener, like a huge amount of, of hard work, but it really gives so much depth um, to what we do and mm. really opens your eyes to the potential that we have to kind of influence, influence the, the business. And I think mm. that, um, you know, all of us that completed it, you know, I think we all feel much more confident, more rounded in what we do. Um, I think it, yeah, it's it's an it was an invaluable experience actually. Mm. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Many congratulations on on completing Thank it you. as well. Thank yeah, you. yeah, no, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Um, so yeah, let, let's move on then because I think that, that night sort of pivots nicely into what I want to talk about in the bulk of what we wanted to talk about, which is this. As I said, you know this this. Um, this and I think this is not just with learning and development and IC. You know, I see, I, I find this across a lot of uh, the organisations we work with. You know, we're working with learning and development, HR, organisational development, change management. If they have that sort of project management, obviously internal communications, and there's this continuum of of people who have a, an involvement, particularly in these sort of transformational projects. But I guess, as I said, learning and development and, and IC do share a very sort of similar. DNA, I guess, in a kind of heritage in, in in terms of what they're trying to achieve, they're trying to change behaviour through 
through different ways or, or obviously bring skills or new capabilities to the organization. They both play an important role in that. Um, what, what, are, what are the connections you see between L&D and, and internal comms? And then we can talk a little bit about, you know, how we how successful partnerships between those two specialisms can can lead to, to you know to sort of better outcomes for the organization but but, but what you know that's my perspective what, what, what have you seen in your career when it comes to L&D and IC working together yeah I think um I think IC has a unique role in the organization that we work quite neutrally with lots of functions and lots of people right across the business L&D mm. being one of those so I think um well i've certainly always been careful and i guess intentional about having a good relationship with any of the stakeholders that i work with because that enables me to do a better job for them because either that means they're going to come to me earlier because they know i'm going to give them what they want at the end and i'm going to give them good guidance along the way as well um mm. But I think, and I think that's true whether you were talking about the learning and development teams or or anybody um, in the business, um, because you know IC really does have that kind of, if you like, satellite view of what's going on. So I think we can we can help other functions to to really be be better because we can plug in other information and other things that we know. And I think with learning and development, it's probably even more pertinent because actually we might be running I don't know, a town hall for a certain area of the business or we could be running um, a new program that has a kind of learning element to it so most things most change programs arguably have some sort of learning uh, you know learning angle to them because mm. you're asking people to maybe do something differently than they've been done before so I think there's there's often um even if you don't necessarily think about it at the very beginning there is often some kind of learning angle to them so yeah i think it's i think it's about ensuring that you i think a good relationship comes with also having like very clear understanding of where your your responsibilities lie as well so mm. i know it's my responsibility to help communicate well within the organization so that employees understand what's going on mm. and the L&D team there are there to kind of enable that kind of learning experience so I think mm. it's you know I think together we can we can help um, help the learning development team and mm. they can in turn give us the content that we need to communicate so yeah mm. it's definitely a, a collaborative mm. effort. Have you seen any specific, um, you know, kind of opportunities to learn, you know, kind of L&D have, you know, a specific skill set and IC have their specific skill set? Have you seen any opportunities to, say, kind of pick up things from learning and development, the way they do things and the way they approach, you know, the kind of the learning process and understanding different learning styles maybe one area and then also from an IC perspective for, for internal comms helping to 
you know, kind of really understand the, you know, the sort of psychology of communications and, and, you know, what we're trying to do. And particularly when it comes to, you know, kind of emotional connection with the messages that we're trying to share. I mean, just trying to get it. And I, I know I've seen these myself, but I'm interested from your perspective as to see where this sort of, um, you know, this kind of osmosis of, of things going between the two sort of specialisms as 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 happened. What are your what are your observations or thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think um, a lot of learning or like good learning programs often it's they're made by the people that are leading them. In my view, so if those people have really understood the the audience that they're talking to, and are you know, considered how best to position whatever they're trying to, uh, in knowledge they're trying to share, how best to position that so that it's, you know, more, um, more the audience are more receptive to it. Mm. I think yeah. that's the key. Like I have seen people come in to organisations and give a give a sort of training program. You think, did did you know who you were talking to? Like this is not <laughs> the this is not the right level, or mm. it could mm. be like far too simplistic, or perhaps far too emotional. And I think even though I'm a big believer in the power of emotions and using them to to great communications like people you have to warm people up to that stuff you can't really just dive straight in and I think when I've seen really good trainers is that they've they've taken people with them and actually by the end of the sessions you see people that are like oh I didn't think I'd be this feels like therapy I didn't really expect to be Mm. having this kind of training Mm. but actually so much of learning and development is about the person about how they are how they're entering into things um and and maybe here i'm thinking particularly of kind of like you know training around for for managers the sort of leadership mm. skill stuff i think they're like so much of that is about how you show up as a person um mm. and what you what you bring and i think that um that's it's quite it is very personal and I think that's often why people struggle to do it well so I think yeah. training programs that really tap into that and, and, and are acutely aware of that I think are, are, are often the best ones yeah well I was talking to a client about this um just this week and we were talking um she she heads up an OD and a lot of a lot of that is around learning and development <clears throat> and she was talking about and we were talk we kind of came to the same conclusion which was uh, you know, I, I know obviously there's some training. I'm not, I mean, I guess we're, you know, clarify when we're talking about, you know, there is some training that is very much about technical, <clears throat> you know, not knowledge transfer. It's about, you know, uh, it's either how to do something or knowledge that you need to be able to do to do a specific task or job or role or whatever. But a lot of the kind of what I call kind of more effective domain where we're trying to change behavior or attitudes is where i think there's where there's this sort of strong overlap with ic and we were talking Mm -hmm. about that you know really good training that we'd experienced and and i I deliver some training as myself as as it was was you're kind of offering ideas and models and frameworks for people to kind of internalize and think about how they're going to use it rather than being prescriptive and that that invitation to bring them into that kind of thinking rather than you know saying we're now got this set process for how we do this and you need to do this and here's the script that you need to read out versus 
here's a way of thinking, here's a way that, 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 that we see people reacting to something and here's a way that you might approach that that might get a more successful outcome. What do you think is a much more kind of adult adult way of, of training people and i think that that mm. that over that that's kind of what we do with comms isn't it you know some sometimes we just have to communicate something you know which just needs to be broadcast but a lot of the comms now it's kind of just inviting people into a way of thinking that we want them to kind of absorb and, and move towards rather than you know kind of dictating that this is the way we do things now and i think that yeah. that that relationship between what good l and d looks like and what good ic looks like is very much where the two kind of come very very close to each other would you agree with that yeah i, t- I definitely agree um and actually i think sometimes the frustrating thing is that people actually just want you to t- tell me what to do tell me what i've got mm. to do give me the clear instructions give me the step-by-step instructions as to what i want to do and and you're absolutely right it isn't it isn't that simple it's not that black and white it's mm. much more nuanced than that and mm. it's messy actually a lot of the time um and i think you know going back to 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 my masters that was one of my biggest i guess takeaways from doing that that the, through throughout all of the different modules and the things that we studied i think it was that you know communication is inherently messy because people make sense of things in different ways and you can mm. you can craft an incredibly clear concise credible message that's been well thought through and yet people will walk away from that with something entirely different because mm. it's been influenced by how their their mood that day um, their prior experience to the to the topic that you're talking about their personality type all mm. of these things affect how people make sense of the information that you share with them and I, I kind of I used to think oh maybe that it's me not doing my job properly enough um, well that maybe I didn't explain things clearly but actually it's it's definitely it's a messy messy business and I think mm. learning and development is is as well because it it rests on the individuals who want to learn to want to do things differently um, you can't make people um, learn they have to learn themselves and it's the same with communication you can't mm. you can't make people understand they have to come to that understanding themselves mm. Mm. absolutely absolutely um, one of the things we talked about and i think you you've got experience in in your career and i can't remember whether this was a year in, in where, where you are now or, or previous experience but or just just more in general is the is the idea of of the the, the seven two twenty ten model, which is which is you know kind of a, a, a it's, if people haven't heard, never heard of, they can Google. But but this is the sort of an L and D approach, which is, which is very much around this. You know, if we're looking at the seventy twenty ten, obviously adds up to a hundred. If you look at what we learn in a, on the job, or what we learn to, in order to help us do our jobs more effectively, seventy percent of that tends to come from you know, kind of on the job experience, like we've been talking about today, 20% of that comes from kind of coaching and significant others. And then 10% of it comes from, you know, kind of formal training and development classroom kind of workshop type stuff. And I know that kind of resonated with you and you had the experience of that. And I'm just interested in, um, obviously it's slightly different from an internal communications perspective, but I think that whole, you know, um, 
kind of experiential way of, 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 of you know, of, of internal comms often is, is more effective when there's a kind of an experiential element to it. And it's not just sort of, you know, reading a brief or, or kind of just seeing some PowerPoint slides. I'm just interested mm-hmm. in your thoughts on that, because I know that is a model you're familiar with and, and how that's kind of shaped both, you know, what you've seen in terms of good L&D, but how, how that overlaps maybe in terms of good IC as well. <clears throat> yeah, I think there's, um, I think it's very difficult to um, tell people how to do something or how you do something if mm. um, if they haven't experienced it themselves. I, um, I actually, earlier this year, I did a, a course on NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, and, and a lot of that is about modeling. Well, it is really, it's about model, the model of excellence. So you look at excellence in other people and you try and you kind of model that so that you know how to kind of use it yourself or perhaps sort of in, enact it yourself. Um, and it, it's a, it was a, a fascinating course and a very different way of kind of looking at the world. But I think that sense of modeling, um, is really interesting from a communication point of view because you have to experience you have to be able to experience what you do in order to understand where it's working and where it's not working Mm. um and how to do things differently because you know arguably a lot of the things that come our way you could say you know they they do follow a similar format we we take a brief we try and understand what the what the client's trying to do we then craft some messages around that and propose a sort of plan to communicate it you know there is a kind of formula to that but of course what's different each time is the subject matter and the people that it that it's impacting Mm. and so you you do you have to take a kind of bespoke approach to it and I think you get good at that through the experience that you've had on other initiatives whether they're entirely in the same kind of area or in on a completely different topic but I think that I think it's difficult to to learn that other than by by doing mm. um, but yeah I think on the the 70 2010 thing we're actually introducing that at Temenos at the moment mm. really to try and um I think yeah, the the new framework is really there we we we've had feedback from people saying that actually you know we don't necessarily feel like we can we can learn and develop our careers at Temenos and actually you know as an organization we think that 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 can't possibly true be true given given the amount of um, potential that we've got in the industry to kind of transform banking and Mm. that you know technology and is changing so much you know the the company is at the moment kind of moving more towards software as a service to a SaaS business model Mm. so we're Mm. no longer kind of selling pieces of software to banks and saying oh thanks very much we'll see you in five or ten years (laughs) when you're ready to upgrade we're now upgrading on a continuous basis you know providing a real service to customers so that kind of changes everything around the way we um, sell and service our customers and so that's you know through that we're asking employees to to think differently and to work differently and there needs to be um, a, a, a sort of 
program or a learning framework really around that. And so we're using the 70-20-10 model to, to help people um, see what's available so that both we're kind of arming them with new skills for the future, mm. um, but also reminding them that actually so much of their learning comes through on the job experience, through the projects mm. that they do, through the sales activity that they're running, you know, and from watching the people around them and from modeling their behavior, like so much of it comes through that. And, and only 10% of it is actually through the kind of traditional mm. classroom training that perhaps we we traditionally think of when we think of learning and development and yeah. so it my job in that is really trying to kind of um help like really kind of piece that all together and make sense of it for people and, and on a very sort of tactical level the first thing we're doing is really creating a new a new intranet site um, that really explains that framework and then gives kind of tailored content mm. according to the different sort of functions in the business. So, mm. but yeah, I, I, I definitely think that you you learn from loads of different ways from things of doing from the people around you and then in, in a more traditional sense. So I think it makes sense for companies to kind of adopt that as a framework. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just interesting that you're talking there, and it's sort of like a bit of a sort of a, a penny dropping moment for me because we were talking about the seventy twenty ten, and I guess you know when you think about it, what the seventy twenty ten, if you embrace that fully, takes away. You know, if you look at then what's the the role of L and D in in um, in in that, they've clearly got a big involvement in the ten percent because that's kind of what they do. The twenty percent, they've got kind of maybe a role in facilitating that, you know, kind of coaching and mentoring that sort of thing. But then when it goes into the 70%, the stuff that's happening in the organization, that's where that kind of opens up to a much broader range of people who have a, mm. have a role in shaping that. And particularly IC plays a huge role in that in terms of kind of curating, yes. you know, the kind of meaning that people draw from not only from the experiences they're having, but kind of shaping that into a kind of an overall kind of organizational narrative. So I've never really thought about that. But yeah, that's, that's a really interesting Kind yeah, of, and interestingly, um, that to, to exactly that point, uh, the the sort of learning project, if you, if you can call it that, that we're running at the moment, isn't being run by or led by L and D and HR. Mm. It's being led by the business because mm. the company has really recognised, you know, that actually it's in the business's interest to have mm. skilled, knowledgeable people. You know, that's the, the results are going to come through the sales that we we get as a result and through the you know through the growth in our business mm. um you know and so it's it, it, it yes hr and l and d are there to kind of enable it and facilitate mm. it but mm. but you, yeah you're absolutely right they they can't manage all of that and no, no. i mean no one can really it's it's definitely a kind of shared a shared responsibility thing. yeah yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, you're just sort of bringing things to a conclusion, I guess. We're, you know, we want to wrap up in a minute, but just one before we do that, just any other, you know, we talked there about 702010 and obviously some of your own experience. Any other, you know, to someone's listening to this and they're, they're working in IC and they're kind of, you know, um, they want to foster more working relationships with L&D and they want to kind of, you know, reach it, not reach out, that's, that's the wrong analogy, I guess, but, but you know, kind of want to, 
recognize there's an opportunity there to work, work more closely and, and particularly if maybe they're an organization where they're seen as sort of distinct silos and any any tips from you in terms of kind of reaching across to to, to to sort of build those i guess it's no different building relationships with anyone else in the organization which is always what we're trying to do in internal communications but any any sort of specific experiences you had where that's kind of um gone well or things you'd have maybe done differently if, if given a given a second chance when it comes to building those sorts of relationships no i think it i think it is just you know being being available being helpful being curious about things you mm. know asking questions spotting gaps um actually somebody somebody else said this the other day and i thought it's a it's a good a good um good lesson for everybody that you know often in internal communications we we're in meetings that are about things other than communications mm. and and you can sit there and you can wait to, to for somebody to say okay and now what are we going what are, how are we going to communicate this mm. um and you wait for that ask to come or you can also have an opinion on the topic more generally because as i said earlier you know you have this kind of I guess unique um, vantage point where you see lots of things that are going on in mm. the company, um, and you're close to the to the messaging. You're close to the sort of business priorities because you're communicating all the time. And I think you mm. you also have a role to play in you know being the voice of the people. And I think that um, I think using that um, that privilege. Um, is is how you influence what goes on in the business it is how you get if you like repeat customs so you do a good job people come back to you i mean i've always found that if i'm if i deliver what i say i'm going to do you know nine times out of ten people will come back to me um, mm. again and ask for my help and maybe they bring me in a bit earlier next time as well which mm, is always helpful yeah. so i i think it's about being about being consistent it's about you know being um really curious about things and not being afraid mm. to to hold back really excellent 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 well thanks emma i mean so what i've taken from that is is you know, your, from your own career definitely you know what came across to me and i think this is a anyone who's listening to this who's maybe early in their career or, or work you know even late, later on in their career there's that a commitment to to kind of getting involved, want willingness to kind of roll your sleeves up and get stuck in. I often hear you know internal communicators talking about that. They have to be really resourceful. They have to mm. you know get 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 in get sort you know sort of get their elbows out sometimes to get involved in some of these things where you know sometimes it's a bit of an afterthought. And, and I think that's a you know we can't reinforce that message enough you know and obviously in a in a in a kind of respectful way um, mm. <laughs> um, but also you know what we've talked about there and more towards the end of, you know the, the bulk of the interview around the you know the fact that we do have lots of um shared goals and aims with other colleagues within the organization and lnd is, is, is kind of our kind of maybe our closest um closest sort of uh, link in that respect and in a lot of organizations anyway and there's a lot of things that mm. we're trying to do together and you know the kind of venn diagram of shared responsibilities and objectives and uh, you know kind of mutual opportunities to support each other is probably the strongest of them and there's a lot of that you know particularly when we look at that 70 20 10 model i see plays a massive role in that shaping that what is for many organizations becoming the you know the kind of 
primary way of learning, which is that on the job, making sense of those experiences that we have on a day-to-day basis in, in order that we can kind of learn from that, reflect and and, uh, and improve and get better. So I think that's really, really strong. So, um, so look, if people, you know, people want to reach out to you, I've got your, I'm going to put your LinkedIn profile, which I hope is okay into the, into the show notes. So yeah, can, of course. Uh, yeah. they can, they can, they can, uh, can, can reach out to you and say hello. And, and, you know, if there's anything that they want to pick up with you directly, uh, is there anything else that you've got that you want to share? Are you kind of active on any other social media platforms, but professionally or, or no, most, that, yeah, link LinkedIn's <laughs> the main one. Really. So yeah, no, definitely people can, can reach out to me on that. I'm, you know, say I'm, I'm really passionate about um, internal communications and most internal communicators. In fact, I don't know that I've ever met any that don't love what they do. I think we're all mm. really passionate about it. Um, and, and I think it, you know, because it, we can make a, we can have an impact. We can, make a difference and you know really influence how people feel about their jobs and I think that's a that's a, a real privilege and a and a responsibility so and it helps to talk to other people in the same situation I've always found mm. that internal communicators are very open about sharing their ideas their experiences um, mm. and I'm certainly very willing to do that so yeah I'd welcome anyone to get in touch with me if they want to want any advice or guidance mm. or someone to bounce ideas off i'm always happy to do that thank you that's wonderful emma and and again i guess another thing that's that i mentioned is generosity is a is a is a key quality as well which i think is uh is a great is a great thing to have in internal comms and you've certainly demonstrated that so thank you so much so look enjoy um and we're speaking on a friday so enjoy your weekend that's imminently coming up thank also you, you know and, and good luck for the rest of this year and Thank you so much for, for sharing your, your thoughts and insights with us uh, and with our listeners, Emma. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks, Craig. No, I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. And uh, I hope you. COVID isn't too harsh on you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Emma. Okay. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. If you've got any ideas for episodes you'd like us to cover in future, you can email us at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk or you can use the feedback form at engagingic.com. If you're not already subscribed to the show via your podcast platform, please do so. And if you could leave a review for us, that would be absolutely fantastic. We have links to other episodes at engagingic.com. All of our previous episodes are available there. And if you're interested in our visual communication services, our big pictures, our learning maps, our explainer videos, and also our live graphic recording, please get in touch with us again at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk. Thank you.